0: Welcome to the Under Grace Podcast. This podcast covers everything related to Jesus Christ, Yeshua, God, or Jehovah. God represents all things pure, holy, righteous, just, praiseworthy. The list goes on and on. Every human is a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is the punishment for sins? An eternity apart from our Creator, Hell. We are nothing without God, and He offered His very own Son as a sacrifice for our sins in place of what we deserve. Romans 6.14 says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Aren't you glad that we are no longer under law? If I still was, I'd be in a completely different place than where I am now. Grace is undeserved, God-given help offered to us for our renewal or purification or forgiveness. Still with me here? Good. Thank you for your time. So sit back and enjoy God's grace. Hello, friends. This episode is, of course, a continuation of Passion versus Duty Part 1. However, it's kind of like that TV show, Person of Interest, You don't have to watch any of the previous episodes in order to understand this one. You can just listen to this episode right from the start without listening to the first one. However, I do recommend you listen to Passion vs. Duty Part 1 so you can get the full scope of what I'm talking about here. Now, if you've listened to any of my other stuff, you'll know that I'm a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. Pursuing passions and finding your identity goes right along with my Christian values. Although work and duty are important parts of my life, all by themselves they fall far short of establishing the identity of an individual. There are many other aspects and passions to being a person. Things like personal growth and development, family, citizenship, friendships, and faith. So to define oneself by one's occupation or duty is incomplete it tends to place more value on the self instead of on God or on the activity rather than on character or more on success than on relationships. In short, it tends to equate employment with human life. So instead of defining or labeling oneself by your duties or your job, live your life through your callings and define yourself through Christ, who is your passion, who created passion, and who you can include in your callings. From the Bible's perspective, a calling describes all of the responsibility of every believer to serve God with all of their lives. This means that you're sweeping the kitchen, you're cleaning the toilet, driving to work, shoveling snow, or raising your kids. Know that you are doing all of these things because God has called you to serve in those ways at that time. Rob Singleton, pastor of Summit Church in Centennial, Colorado, once started a sermon with these words. Don't put God first in your life. If you do that, you pray, study, and read your Bible in the morning, then you cross that off your list. Then you go on to other things in your day and forget about God for the most part. Instead, put God central in your day. Carry him with you during every part of your walk. Meditate on him at the stoplight. Thank him for that parking spot. Pray for that coworker who's going through a tough time. Instead of just putting him first, place God as the center of your life and you will see the difference. now a word from our sponsor we all depend on our cell phones laptops tablets computers and other devices they are the lifeblood of a business they store priceless information they help us with school assignments they keep us in touch with friends and loved ones they keep us on time to appointments or remind us of important dates one of the most frustrating and sometimes devastating things is when one of your devices doesn't function as well anymore or even completely stops working this is where integrity device repair comes to the rescue Integrity Device Repair is a concierge device repair company that can set up and fix your smartphone tablet mac or pc smartwatch gaming console or music player and help you master it they can help in selected stores or over the phone they're down to earth and professional technicians will physically meet you anywhere in the state of colorado whether it be where you work or live pick a location and they'll be there rain snow or shine are you outside of colorado no problem simply mail your device in and integrity device repair will take care of it cracked screens water damage speaker issues no signal device rebuilds or battery issues No job is too difficult for integrity device repair. Do you need a new case for your cell phone, a flash drive, a Bluetooth headset, the latest laptop or cellular device? Integrity Device Repair offers competitive prices for all these as well. Contact Integrity Device Repair at IDRTECH.US. That's IDRTECH.US. They have the highest ratings on Google and many satisfied customer testimonials. As a promotional opportunity exclusively for listeners of this podcast, enter the word UNDRGRCE in all caps into the message section under customer support and receive a 10 percent discount on your purchase try integrity device repair and they will live up to their honest reputation with their fair pricing and flexible schedule integrity device repair they can fix it almost as fast as you can break it there is a journey of faith that every christ follower should use in aligning their duties to their calling number one every believer is called to belong to god This is found in Ephesians 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Number two. All believers are also called to gratefully accept the work of Christ. 2 Timothy 1, verse 9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Number three we as believers are also called to become Christ-like. This means that in everything we do, we are to take on the character and personification of Christ. 1 Peter 1.15 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. 1 Peter 3, verse nine says, Not returning evil for evil, or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Number four, as we pursue to be more like-minded with Christ, he is assisting us and equipping us with the skills in every duty we do. Second Peter one, five through 10 says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge to knowledge, self-control to self-control, perseverance to perseverance, godliness to godliness Every believer is united to serve God and other people. Jesus has drawn us to him to personify our faith that is desirable to him. We should also proclaim God's work in all that we say or do. Ephesians 4, 1-3 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 1 Peter 2, 9-10 says, But you were also a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Number 6. All believers are called to be citizens of a new heaven and new earth. Living a life for God ultimately guides Christians to the end of being glorified, established to belong to Christ in heaven, finally blameless and holy. On that final day, we will proclaim the unification of Christ and every faithful Christian. Our loyalty to the Lord on earth validates our eternal call in heaven. And Matthew 5.19 says, Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Why can't we find fulfillment and gratification in our passions alone? You were created to mirror God's splendor, and if you're looking for your identity in your own passions and duties apart from Christ, You are focusing inward on yourself. You will never discover eternal gratification and fulfillment apart from Christ. Here are some examples of how people search for identity in themselves. Number one, they're very successful and accomplished at their workplace. However, they eventually realize their family life is falling apart. Number two, they put all their efforts and fulfillment into their job. As soon as they are laid off, they realize that they put their identity in something that was temporary and now find themselves empty and void. And number three, a mother spent 25 years of her life helping raise three kids. Her heart and soul was invested into every part of her kids' lives. Her kids were everything she was. She didn't have any hobbies or passions outside of helping her kids grow up. Now that she's an empty nester, She can't find any identity or fulfillment in her life. Instead of placing our identity and fulfillment in temporary things, even if they are noble pursuits like being a parent, we need to focus our identity on our eternal, never-changing God. Knowing this is just the first step. Understanding how that actually transforms the way we function is the next step. Here are four ways of how understanding our true identity through Christ can considerably change the way we live our lives. Number 1, we no longer chase after the desires of our flesh, but instead seek to bring God glory in all areas of our lives. 1 John 2:15 through 17 says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father" but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. If we search for our identity in ourselves or in temporary things, we are misguided. However, when we change our focus and instead shift our identity on Christ, we'll not only be defeated by our shortcomings and flaws, boast in pride in our own accomplishments, or abandon hope in mistakes or hardships, Instead of losing ourselves in the allure of the common temporary passions, we should instead look to Christ who offers us a secure, balanced, and everlasting desire in his plan for us. Number 2. We have no apprehension about our destiny. Romans eight fourteen through 15 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. If we live in sync and harmony with God, even as difficult as it is to fathom, we have nothing to be afraid of in this life. Our places are safe in eternity as adopted sons and daughters in God's kingdom. We shouldn't dread our failures such as financial collapse, losing our job, getting diseases, or being humiliated because of our faith. Of course, these hopes don't come easy. They aren't pain-free. However, you can walk in certainty that the Lord has absolute authority over every worry of our lives and will prepare us for everything he puts in our paths. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, Psalm 50, 7-15. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head, Luke 12:7). The Lord has already gone before you, Deuteronomy 31, 8. He even knows when a bird falls and dies, Matthew ten 29. Don't worry about it, but trust in God's provisions. We have been purchased from death by Jesus' death. We can declare our identity through the sacredness of Christ. We can be assured that he will equip us with the tools to overcome our apprehension. Our identity in Christ gives us a firm foundation to stand on instead of our temporary passions. The third way to understand our identity in Christ. There is no need to compare ourselves with the accomplishments of others. It's easy to do and we do it all the time. When we pursue to delight in Christ, our identity is unseen and his identity is lifted up instead. Romans 14:5 through 8 from the Amplified Bible says, "One person regards one day as better or more important than another, while another regards every day the same as any other. Let every everyone be fully convinced, assured, and satisfied in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. He who eats eats for the Lord, since he gives thanks to God while he who abstains abstains for the Lord and gives thanks to God. None of us lives for himself for his own benefit, but for the Lord, and none of us dies for himself but for the Lord. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Measuring ourselves with others or relying on the opinion of others can wear you down. This can also develop into self-doubt concerning personal decisions because of our ingrained nature to please man instead of God. One needs to be careful not to dictate their own beliefs and opinions onto others, As if they're better or more Christian than they are. We need to instead rely on Christ for knowledge and insight into the subject of individual principles. We need to be objective to listen and discern other people's opinions while setting judgment aside and then continuing in assurance to honor and have faith in Christ. Ultimately, the honor of our callings, passions, and identities belongs to Christ. After all, He was the one who bestowed us with these gifts that we call talents. One should not become enclosed in a canopy of self-seeking, egotistical glory, which is the polar opposite of what God desires. They would miss out on the real blessing reserved for those who seek to serve God with the gifts and talents He has given them, and then offer Him the glory instead of seeking it for themselves. Number 4. Hardships should not overwhelm us. We should be aware that they help cultivate eternal worth. Romans eight sixteen through 17 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. If you identify with Christ, you will eventually identify with Him in His misery. When Jesus temporarily suffered and was crucified, his sacrifice was not wasted. In the same way, all of our hardships and trials on earth won't be either. Sin and death were overthrown and defeated through Christ's sacrifice. As a result, when we identify with him, he uses suffering to defeat our sin, to cause us to manifest more of his character. Not only does suffering cleanse us, it comforts us that after temporary difficulties, we will eventually be magnified in eternity with God. I myself can attest that offering my life to Christ hasn't come without trials. I've seen my fair share of disappointments, tragedies, and frustrations. Everyone can say that in some way they have experienced hardships. However, few can say that they were thankful in the midst of their trials And have now found joy because of them. That voluntary joy and peace only comes through Christ. Suffering is insignificant if experienced outside of Christ. I have also discovered that through my trials, the more I pray for the things that I want, and the harder I hope for an outcome that I have fabricated, the farther I drift from God's ultimate plan. Have you ever been frustrated with someone else? Have you ever been frustrated with yourself? How about this? Have you ever been frustrated with God? There is nothing wrong with questioning God. Jesus even questioned God himself. The problem comes when we're frustrated with God. Usually in this situation, we're frustrated with God because he has not lived up to our standards. He's not lived up to what we think he should do. So if you find yourself in that position where you are frustrated with God, pray for absolute submission. Give it all to your creator because you know that his plan, that is usually very unlike your own self-centered plan, is the ultimate best. Your carnal temporal viewpoint then transforms and syncs with God's eternal omniscient plan. I could go through life experiencing pain, following my own objective and living in fear. Or I can identify with Christ, sync my thoughts with his, through prayer, meditation, Bible study, and fellowship with other believers. I choose the latter. In conclusion, Christ needs to be a huge part of your duties and passions. If we do this, we can transform our outlook and have callings instead of duties. We can also enjoy our passions to a greater extent if we realize that God created the mountains you see during your hike. He gave you the abilities and talents to play that instrument, and he is involved in every part of your relationships. I knew a guy once, Dan Bauman, who works for YWAM in Hawaii. I'll close this with a quote from him. Jesus found all of his identity in being the Son of God, no matter what it looked like day to day. Some days he got the praise of the masses, And some days we know nothing about and have no idea if anyone noticed what he did. Jesus was always content because his identity was found in his father's love for him. He invites us to live the same way. It is so important for us to take time with God to work through our identity issues, filtering through the noise in our lives that so easily distracts us from asking the hard questions. We need to run back to Jesus again and again, asking him to speak to us and clarify who we are in his eyes. We need to find ways to regularly refocus our hearts on what is essential. I have a close friend who prays the same simple prayer every day. Lord Jesus, I belong to you. Nothing matters more than that.